0: Everyone and welcome to the next episode of the Radio Data Podcast. Today our expert guest is Ludmiwa Tahnenko, who works as head of data science at Metadata. Ludmiwa, it's our pleasure to have you in our show.
1: Thank you so much. Happy to be here.
0: Uh, as always, let's start with the introduction. So could you please tell us more about yourself?
1: Yeah, sure. So uh, I started uh, learning math at the university. So I finished and graduated um, as uh, applied mathematician and uh, applied economics. So I'm really glad that I chose that journey because right now in this um, um, like reach of technologies and uh, AI techniques um, uh, world, I can really, Uh, see how I can apply my knowledge. And uh, then I started to work as the data analyst. Uh, So I think that is the best journey for any uh, mathematician data scientist to start like from the bottom, start from the uh, statistics, analytics, and then like um, uh, go deeper and deeper with modeling and so on. So then I uh, worked as a data scientist uh with uh, different modeling and basically what i want to emphasize that i worked in the outsource company so i was involved in like so many different projects and um, learned uh, different technologies from the chatbots to uh, uh like prediction models for forecasting a time series analysis and so on and uh then Uh, Back to August 2021, I joined Metadata. And what I can say that I was, honestly, I was uh, scared that it will be boring for me uh, to work in product company because it's just one product. For me, the person who worked in outsource company with various projects every day, I thought that, oh my God, one project, only one niche, one business domain what I will do there and I honestly said that on my interview (laughs) and then everyone like laugh on that because oh my God, you will not uh, you would not ever be bored at metadata. So I was skeptical and uh, now after more than one year, I can say definitely that I was not bored and I'm not bored today. Uh, Why? Because it's even more interesting when you work in the product because you see uh, the real outcome of your solutions of your models you know how users interact with that you know the real feedback because you directly work with them you can uh, collect this feedback you see in action and that for me it's a true pleasure because when you just do some like theoretical modeling And comparing to applied modeling, when you see it uh, like as a real product, that's like a different story. And uh, yeah, so in terms of metadata, let me give uh, a short overview on metadata. So that's the platform for marketers. We want to uh, like improve their life. And basically our like mission critical is uh, to um, automate as much as possible their daily routine and uh, give the extra time, extra uh, like effort to push uh, into um, experimentation, different uh, strategies, testing different strategies, and uh, like um, make their life easier uh, with campaigns building, with strategies buildings, and um, metadata like uh, collect uh, under one umbrella different um, parts stages of the marketing uh, journey. So we help them to build audiences uh, to um, uh, audiences for to target specific uh, people, then to build the campaigns based on the different ingredients uh, to do the experimentation what is uh, more uh, engaged engaging for the specific target audience and what is more important is to optimize our, all the their actions how uh, we optimize that so we work with budgeting we work with um, all these components together and um, with like a few clicks you have a full picture what what you done what is the outcome and what can be improved
0: Mm -hmm. so imagine that i'm a user of metadata so could you describe from my perspective what uh, what tasks repetitive tasks can be delegated to metadata uh, so that uh, they could be done uh, automatically or very efficiently by your platform so that I can save more time into uh, for thinking about the strategy, about the um, most critical marketing initiatives.
1: Yeah, sure. So first of all, what is the most time consuming is to create different um, combinations. So you have a lot of assets uh, to build your campaign. So it's uh, the audience, the offer, the creative, the image, the video, whatever you want to show to the users to target them. And uh, then you need to find the most efficient combination. So you have different assets and you need to find the most efficient combination to target and basically to uh, sell your product. Okay. So with metadata, you can test all these different combinations like in a few clicks because we do all these combinations for you you just select the parameters and then uh, we cl- create all these combinations find the most efficient pause um, and like uh, remove um, what doesn't work and then uh, like the winners uh, will perform and generate your leads which can be done uh processed uh with the sales team uh, then uh, the like the huge part, the big module of metadata is reporting and uh, reporting on what you've done. So basically the final numbers, which give you the real answer, what is going on. And what I want to emphasize that we don't talk um, about like generated lead only. We talk about like other parameters because uh under metadata you can connect marketing automation tool you can connect your crm and then you will have more information about the pipeline about the uh, leads quality so it's not just oh it's some lead so it's uh, some uh, person who uh like um uh interacted with your ad no we know that uh what what exactly uh, this person like what is the goal uh, what is the need for this person because we combine all the um, data sources and we have so many uh, data flows and data sources which um, is uh, combined processed, and polished under one umbrella and then you have uh, all the reporting from like impression only just showing the ad in the news feed and the last point closed one opportunity which means basically the sell for your business so we support you during all this journey and that's why if you uh, like integrate all these tools then you don't need to uh, worry about like oh i have some information there some information there everything is one in one place and then you can definitely see what's uh what's uh, like influence this cell uh, what is the part done based on uh, this particular advertisement so that's like the main uh thing i would say so and basically oh sorry sorry one, one more thing to mention that um we help to drive this revenue so not only to show what you done but also we help to drive this revenue with the different optimizations uh, done during this process. And uh, you just like collect the results.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, I I have just one more follow-up question about mm-hmm. uh, the product. Uh, do you have any like preferred segment of the customers? Or it's for all businesses?
1: so um i would say like in short answer yes it will be suitable for everyone what uh like uh, give us the, this answer because first of all uh the audience you build the target audience you want to tar- uh, like um, advertise and show them the ads okay this is where we start and we have like enormous uh number of data to build this audience like 800 million records and these people like across the world and uh you can find your specific niche uh, based on your uh like criteria and it can be like from uh agriculture to um i.t so it's really a wide range um but but uh what i would like to define as well that uh, it mainly will be um, s- suitable for b2b companies business to business however i know that we also um have some specific niche for b2b2c companies uh for example e-commerce um and direction it also will help uh with um uh, all the marketing strategies and so on so i would say i don't see any limitation but the best uh uh, suitable uh uh, like niche is uh, b2b companies
0: Mm -hmm. yes yes thank you and you mentioned that you have a lot of data that you use at metadata to uh make your product better so could you tell more about the the data sources that you use in your product and also maybe about analytics that you use on top of this data
1: sure so in terms of enormous data flow so when i joined metadata (laughs) i was like swamped with all uh tables uh, data structures everything we have and basically my first year um, and my goal for the first year was to uh, like sort it out, sort all this uh, data to um, um, see the uh, biggest impact of each area, but uh, in more details. So first of all, uh, as, uh, as I already mentioned, uh, um, the first data source is uh, contacts and companies data, formographic data. To target and create the audience, specific audience. So, how we target people? So, we need um, to know um, more information about their location, their interest, their uh, company, um, their industry, and uh, uh, other parameters to create a specific uh, target audience uh, for our campaigns. So, um, how we do that? So uh, we have some external uh, so, uh, third-party vendors, um, which ha- have already this information, and we just um, with like suitable and useful, uh, convenient uh, UI, we uh, give our users ability to choose this like criteria for their um, uh, target audience, and then uh, we send this data to the channel, and uh, Uh, channel, I mean, LinkedIn, Facebook, uh, advertisement channel, and uh, target these people. So to work with this data, again, uh, we know that the main problem uh, for any data source is data quality. And uh, the main challenges here is to uh, work with the missing values or incorrect values. So data preparation is super vital. And um, I would say that um more data doesn't mean uh like better results so more qualified data means better results and um uh now we like follow this uh direction that it's better to polish uh, existing data as much as we can uh i mean um what we did right now we have three main major like Data vendors, which we use um, to build these audiences. So what we did, we combined these three data sources together. It might sound like easy, but this is like a big data, terabytes of data, and uh, the rules to do the complement uh, data source. So each data source complement each other. It's like a challenging. It was a challenging task, but. I can say that, uh, yes, we did that. So that's the first uh, direction, data vendors uh, and data sources for audience building. The next thing is our customer's data, their performance, uh, the information and stats about their campaigns, how they run them, what is the outcome, uh, what they generate, their revenue data and so on. So to have this for the reporting in one place, again, it should be combined and uh, find the way a lot of uh, not always it's just okay we join the data by id no it doesn't work that way because when uh, the data is uh, might be fuzzy we don't have like um, exact ids just keys to connect the data so it's also like challenging to um, find the way and we call it like attribution model how to attribute uh, the data Uh, from one source to another source so it's like one of our like key uh, features on the platform to find this attribution and do that like for any client not only one uh, specific um, use case but to cover a lot of business cases so that's this um, the second uh, huge thing the next um, data source and flow it's uh like uh, platform usage analytics uh, for now we are using a panda tool to know which features is utilized the most uh, what uh, users face maybe some issues or they don't use uh, some specific areas on the platform so that we use this data also to analyze the behavior of the users uh they uh what which features may be uh, underestimated from their uh, perspective and so on so that's also the uh, the source uh, for the analysis like just behavioral analysis and also uh, the huge uh, niche uh, which we um, um, kicked off i would say this uh, um, like recently is our salesforce.com data i don't know if anyone faced with this like huge world of everything because there you will have like a lot and since the data in salesforce can be customized you can create any view for yourself and then it might be like again challenging for data scientists data analysts to work with this data to polish the flows and so on and uh, what we did so i already mentioned uh, how we use um, some of the data sources uh, for the platform specifically but in terms of internal um, channel uh, of uh, like uh, analysis and uh, modeling um, I think that uh, like big companies they definitely have uh, internal analysis of their customers behavior and uh, their retention uh, mechanisms and also we did that in metadata as well First of all, we build build uh, account signals dashboard, which will show you like early signals with some weaknesses for the specific customers, and then you can act earlier to so to like to identify these weaknesses, to solve them, to like communicate them, and, uh, and it, this will help you not to lose. Um, this customer and basically for them not to lose some opportunities. So that's it, I would say definitely there are a lot uh, more things, but that's like the major ones. Um, Yeah.
0: Uh, Based on what you said, I understand that you use data for internal analytics to understand how product is used what features are frequently or not frequently used, or maybe how to build the the product roadmap to address the needs that customers have. Plus also you use external data, for example, to build the audience for marketers and also use the data to show interesting dashboards, uh, reports, uh, maybe forecasts uh, and insights to uh, end users, to marketers. Correct. Mm-hmm. And how about analytics? do you uh, do you use mm, some kind of sophisticated uh, data science uh, models in any of your uh, use cases?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so when I mentioned that, uh, for example, creation of uh, universal, metadata data source (laughs) umds people like it create abbreviations (laughs) so um here we applied neural networks uh especially like uh, text models um to predict uh, the um, so basically in order to combine the uh, data sources we need to uh find the common uh, cases so again as i mentioned it's not just like we did that by id so um we applied neural networks to find the similarities in the text and combine uh the data together so that's the first like uh a huge involvement of the ai techniques also uh for the predictions in terms of predictions for so uh Especially for the retention, so here uh, the task is to predict if uh, we have um, low chances uh, for the customers to be uh, to proceed uh, with uh, our product. And also one of our key dif- differentiators, which I didn't mention yet, it's um, optimiz- budget optimization. So, uh, that's where we build the algorithm uh, to uh, optimize the budget utilization, uh, customer's budget utilization based on the uh, campaign's performance and their outcome, the pipeline uh, driven based on these ads and um, with the help of uh, DS techniques and uh, we Uh, build the algorithm which basically do the optimization uh, instead of user so find the best uh, like do that budget redistribution in the most efficient way
0: what is the um, frequency of your machine learning models like do they work in real time manner so that the insights or the optimizations are calculated uh continuously uh when the end users are using the product or are they done in some batch manner like every every day every week
1: mm-hmm. yeah so um based on our purposes we implemented batch um uh, prediction since uh, in real time it will be uh too frequent so if we got some event and we um uh, like suddenly recalculated something at uh, this I would say that then system will be a little bit unstable because um, it's uh, too frequent uh, and too minor events to Mm -hmm. suddenly uh, recalculate everything so yeah we did that in batch manner and um, the frequency Mm -hmm. is custom because it depends uh, on your uh, like um, specific needs and um, your like business needs
0: Mm -hmm. can you tell more about the tech stack that you use at Metadata to uh, collect, store, process data and also build your machine learning models?
1: Yeah. So um, right now uh, the most uh, used tool uh, is uh, Databricks uh, with the help of um, big data technologies like Spark and PySpark, and also like traditional uh, Python uh, modules uh, and tools. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, again, since uh, we have uh, huge um, flows of, of data, um, we, we need that speed. We need uh, users to see, like, yeah, th- some calculations they are like in batches, but they don't want to see something like processing too long, so it should be real fast. That's why we are using uh, Spark for that. So, yeah, Databricks, like, the main. We use airflows to control all these um, DAX, all the f- flows uh, inside um, the infrastructure. Yeah, so uh, that's like the main for uh, data science. So, of course, we have like a huge infrastructure for the backend uh, development and so on, but in terms of data science, models, and AI, so that's the Databricks tool.
0: Mm-hmm. And regarding a specific ML Ops toolkit, do you use technologies such as uh, MLflow or CADDRAW? Yes, Rob?
1: exactly. Yeah. Databricks, AWS Databricks, they support uh, MLflows That's This is built in uh, like tool. So we are not reinventing the wheel and just mm-hmm. their technology.
0: Yeah. Yes. I have also like a uh, few follow up questions to what you already said. So mm-hmm. maybe about the current focus and the most interesting challenges that you face at Metadata uh, from business slash product perspective and also from technological perspective. Can you you share any of them?
1: Yeah, so in terms of challenges, you know, uh, like uh, every data scientist uh, knows that uh, any model will have edge cases. And uh, you should be prepared for that. You should um, like, um, you you will not, you will always not find uh, like all these edge cases before you test it uh, in real life, because you can model it uh, forever in your uh, lab, but without like real users, their behavior, you will not know uh, what is the real edge cases. And um, what I faced this year, that uh, I thought that this is a real edge case. I, uh, what is the edge case? It was with uh, opti- optimization, budget optimization, when it's not enough budget to do the, um, the full uh, like optimization. So um, you have a lot of campaigns, you need to um, redistribute your budget in the most optimal way to give like more to best performance, less to uh, lower performers. However, in this case, like the edge case with not enough budget. I thought that, no, it's like a a really rare case and um, we can like do some exception. But then I realized that the edge case is not the edge case. It's like the main case, (laughs) not not the main case, but really like a frequent case. And um, really like my mistake that uh, I was not um, really uh, was not really ready for that. So, yeah, we ha- I had a plan. We had a plan with the team. but um again, we thought that it's like one percent of the cases. And we rebuilt like the model completely, the approach completely because we realized that, Oh my god this is a really like not an edge case and it cannot be like um processed uh, with some exception so it's not exception and we need to um find a way to work with that and uh, to optimize uh, of course with the some help with some help of the ui and ux because um you need to communicate some uh, some changes with user because I noticed that marketers, they are not too ready for just black box Oh, your uh, AI doing everything instead of you. So they don't really like that. They they like automation. They like uh, like um, all this uh, magical things done by technology. But again, they need to like understand what's going on at least like um, in the UI and um yeah so with the help of so in conclude the conclusion is that we rebuild the um, algorithm completely to um, cover that case to include more um input uh, parameters to the model and uh, communicate that uh, better with the users
0: and from a technological perspective do you see like any any gaps in the current technologies that uh, that make you impossible to to deliver very interesting product features or make uh, the life or of marketers even easier? Or maybe is there anything on your data science wish list uh, regarding the, the tools algorithm that you would like to use, but uh, it still doesn't exist or maybe it's not mature enough?
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I see. Interesting question. Um, you know, I always look at that uh, from the perspective that we can do everything. It depends how you define the problem and how you defined uh, like the goal. I would not say that there is a lack uh, in technologies exactly. I would say it might be not well processed and you are not aware of all the restrictions, um, conditions of the model you are trying to solve. So I would say that uh, more data and I not I don't don't mean uh, like the rows in terms of rows and volume. I mean in terms of parameters, uh, like different parameters. To uh, really find all the parameters which marketers apply when they judge uh, their process, because what we are trying to do, we try to replace the human, and we try to replace their own judgment. And I think that we still don't have all the parameters they use to judge uh, it, uh, their uh, processes and flows. And I think that technologies are there. So we just need to like have enough input for them because really uh, with neural networks, you just need to grab everything what is uh, how people react so for example what i see interesting to do is uh, for like um, to analyze content uh, content more because what grab your attention in the news feed not like some text not i don't know not your logo but uh like the ad ad itself it it entertained um, entertained enough um, do you like it? So, what like you need one second of attention of user, like not user but uh, like uh, person, to to um, like to catch his attention. And I think that what we can do like um, more is to analyze exactly this content and um, how people react to to the image, to the video. What catch their attention and again this computer vision techniques we definitely can do that but again um we need to be subjective and objective at the same time how 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 you like feel and see this uh, ad uh, as a user uh, as a as a person so i would say that yeah that will be like uh Breakthrough for the marketing uh, mm-hmm. in terms of AI techniques.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how how do you see the future of marketing? Do you do you think that in maybe five ten years it will be like completely driven by data and algorithms?
1: Yes. Or or we I are
0: not at this uh, stage yet to think about uh, marketing in this way.
1: I think we definitely definitely there and i think that ai can easily so with this uh, uh gun technologies uh ai can easily generate you the content really cool content so we can uh, be there definitely even like tomorrow i would say even not in the uh, like uh, too far away from today uh and uh like from this routine content creation like uh, all the setup and so on i definitely think that ai can replace all these steps and uh, what you just need maybe you need like a control station just to tweak it as a person uh but that's it so you don't need to be like from point one to to the last uh, uh destination so definitely you just need one person need the like the control station just click on <laughs> some buttons and that's it so not nothing more than that i think for my like <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: yeah <laughs> yeah yeah so this this could be like uh particularly useful to um for example smaller companies because smaller companies are often uh, founded by people with domain knowledge and they they want to solve particular product that they are very passionate about and very often they don't have uh, enough marketing and advertising skills uh, to promote their product or their solution even even if it's good solution and solves real problems so this uh, algorithm and data and ai could help them to um, to reach a bigger audience and uh, make sure that their message about some good product uh, is delivered to them Oh
1: yes absolutely and really today we live in world of marketing we know that not the best solutions uh, on top of the market, uh, but uh, the best um, so, so, uh, sold solutions uh, on the market. And like that's really true. Then I totally agree with you with mm-hmm. what you said.
0: And uh, do you see any like interesting changes in the marketing landscape uh, during the current microeconomic environment? Do you think that... Um the way how marketing uh, activities and marketing initiatives are defined will change uh, during the next year, assuming that um, we'll still live in high interest rate environment, in a high inflation environment and uh, and possibly recession?
1: Uh, Yes, so definitely. So what I see now that people like, uh shrinking um their expenses for for the marketing and uh like uh, the competition becomes more aggressive i would say and there is like two sides of this coin so yes you want to like um slow down and uh, like cut a little bit your expenses uh, for the marketing but at the same time you need to uh, be better than your competitors you need to be on the market anyway you cannot uh, be silent Uh, and i think that it will be a balance uh, given these two two, uh, coincides and um, i think that exactly due to this balance uh, we will not see like uh, dramatic changes so that's that's for my perspective
0: mm-hmm. yeah yeah so i agree that uh, that possibly some sectors and some companies might be affected harder but still there are some other sectors that are booming let's say the green energy uh, for instance and um, and uh, I'm curious what what makes working uh, with data and analytics at your company unique and special. So can you uh, can you tell um, more about uh, this?
1: So you mean from data science scientist perspective?
0: Mm-hmm. Yes, or from, business perspective? Uh, from uh, from the data analytics slash engineering and slash science okay. perspective.
1: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. okay okay so what i can say that i definitely like from day one i learned new technologies and techniques and uh, again uh, i will repeat myself that it was uh, new for me to work uh, in product um, uh, company so uh, what was the like interesting for the data scientist itself who was in lab only so I was like a little bit isolated from the product and now I'm in product like uh, with all head and um I see the uh connection between all the um infrastructural and uh, all the data parts I mean backend front end, data engineering and data science because uh really it's not like uh, just the labs and we just like inventing something and uh, that's it like it's the final destination i even changed my vision my own vision on the crisp dm methodology which defines data science project so i think that the last uh, like in the um, standard um, methodology of the data science projects the last stage is deployment and it means like uh you just uh, uh, like uh, find your code on, uh, on like a server but i changed my mind and i think that it should the final stage it should be productization and and productization means um not only you deploy the code but you also like, um, build it in into existing system. You have the UI for that, and it cannot be done like just by designers. You're still involved in that because you know the best the problem you solve. You can define, uh, uh help to define how it uh, should be presented to the user, and uh, then the last part again, it's marketing to like describe it in the best way what you did what what your model do and i think it also requires some data scientists involvement to help with that uh, like materials preparation and uh, like defining all, all the uh, like parameters um, and characteristics of this solution uh, so that was really new for me at uh, uh, metadata What else? Also a lot of new technologies I I learned. So basically I never worked with Databricks before. And basically it's a really like new technology uh, and uh, it it becomes more popular uh, today. And uh, it's like really convenient and useful uh, to have everything in one place. So you don't need to have uh, your like uh, laptop, uh with huge power with the best gpu because you can do everything on the cluster so that's also like a big plus for um that use so i can do everything from my laptop any huge model anything because before i used to do that on my local uh machine for example and um uh what else so uh also what i see like uh, which opportunity i see also referring to my uh comment that i might be bored that in this company at metadata and in this industry i see that any direction of the ai can be applied so i mean so uh for example uh current main focus is stable data and uh, performance for the uh, campaigns, uh, like uh, uh, users data, a lot of uh, tabular data, but I see like so much opportunities and already mentioned today, like uh, the computer vision technology uh, to generate content, to analyze the content itself also like um, to work with the text audio chatbots it also can be implemented there and i see like uh, a, a huge plans uh, for the future for the company to uh, um, enable uh, all of all these technologies and uh, any uh, uh, like specific niche of uh, data science and uh, artificial intelligence can be applied uh, there like uh, you just need to be creative and uh, what is more important is again not about technologies about the problems you solve so you define the problem and then uh, like technologies are there you just deploy them
0: Mm -hmm. yes yes it's perfect answer thank you very much Thank you. Yeah, so this uh, this concludes our podcast episode. So I would like to thank you very much for this conversation and sharing your knowledge with us.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much for having me there today.